0: Hello guys, welcome back to the Football Draft Podcast. Follow if you're on Spotify, subscribe if you're on iTunes or YouTube. Today we have Gaz Drinkwater on the show today. Lovely to see you.
1: Oh, Hello mate, uh, good to be here pal. I- I'll be honest, the fact that you've got me on the d- uh, when we're recording this, the day after United have been knocked out in the FA Cup, I feel like you've already got me on the back foot today, but I'll try and keep the positivity and I'll try and keep it upbeat.
2: Uh, listen, we just wanted to thank Gaz for coming on today. Um, Gaz is a co-host of the BBC Radio Manchester's Talking Balls uh, football talk show. I've been on the, that show a few times myself. I'm, I'm the Northern Ireland correspondent now at the minute, so, Pretty much. Um, <laughs> but it's great being on. So, listen, Gaz, thanks for coming on today, man. And I'm excited to hear some of your
1: opinions about the dreadful week of football
2: from a United point of view anyway.
1: Oh mate, it's a pleasure, pleasure. I can't wait to get into it. But yeah, uh, always, always, always good to have you on Talking Balls as well, Ross. You uh, you help us out having a having a Northern Irish voice to give <laughs> correspondence from across the Irish Sea. We always oh, love course. it, mate.
2: Exactly, a bit of a difference. But uh, no, it's mm. it's great being on. And I, I know the first time I was on, um, I had like AirPods in, and I was really, really nervous because I'd never been on the radio before. And, uh, you know, I went on and I could sort of hear like, obviously the radio and stuff in the background. I'm like, do I speak now or have the, mu- oh God. And I just, actually full blown panic and I was trembling now <laughs> when I was talking, but oh, no, it's, it's it's become natural now. So I'm, yeah, all buzzed. So it's, it's been,
1: well, it's funny because we started when we started recording. You apologized to me. You were you were proper profusely apologizing to me because <laughs> you were on air with us. You were on air with us a couple of weeks ago, and you I think you accidentally got my co-host's name wrong. Oh, what, what did gosh. you call Kyle? Oh, I was broke. I was broke. Kyle, uh, <laughs> Kyle Gaz's
2: um co-host on Talking Balls. I called him Chris. I called him
1: Chris. What I love, Ross, is that, that that's like the biggest problem in the world to you. Mate, that is nowhere near, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, the worst thing that we've ever had a caller say. Oh, we had man. a caller uh, called, um, probably shouldn't give her name, actually. She wouldn't mind. Ah, she won't mind. Emily, right? She was on the phone, and she was basically, what was she try- I'm trying to think what she was actually <laughs> trying to say. She was trying to say, like... Um, and we've bust our chance too early or something like that. And she actually said, and we've just bust our load too early. Oh. And I'm like, oh, oh my Jesus. God, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I feel a bit better now
2: We're calling Kyle, Chris, anyway. Um, yeah, it would have been worse you if you were better. coming
1: out with porn references.
2: About it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But listen, so it's, it's great to have you on and someone as experienced as yourself in our on our podcast. So, again, thanks very much, mate. Um no, so I. I just figured let's let's get right into it. Uh Sunday Man United versus Leicester 3-1. Oh god, what an awful performance.
1: What do you make of it, guys? We were architects of our own downfall, weren't we really? Oh. Um I, I feel like it it's a bit oh, it's a bit harsh now, isn't it to jump on the sort of Fred bandwagon of not liking Fred because he's made <laughs> that mistake, but I, I everyone will say like oh it's dead easy to say this now, isn't it? But I've never really got him. Like, I just don't get what he brings to United. And everyone says he, you know, he brings a lot of energy and he's good off the ball. And maybe I will say that he is good off the ball. We saw that in the goal that we scored against AC Milan. But if you've got a football player who is only good off the ball. What what's the point
2: yeah there's no purpose in that you know I get what you mean and I love I love his tenacity at times in the way that he fights to get the ball but even so that doesn't happen every game if you got that every game and you got that same energy levels on the pitch as well as what you said there about his off the ball movement you know it that it would be a great asset to have but we've seen through games that he's been out of form and you know doesn't do that role correctly so I, I agree I don't really get what purpose he serves in this team anymore um, you know but at the same time I wouldn't exactly blame him for yesterday's the you know that goal Um, Maguire hits a terrible pass you know that you, you can't really blame Fred for all of that Do you know what I mean that the blame lies equally there but it does not excuse Fred at one bit you know but I, I don't know man
0: oh. looking at it broadly that's Manchester United out of another competition which means Ole still yet with no silverware does that worry you guys
1: not particularly. Um I, I feel like we I feel like Manchester United when we gave Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the job permanently, we had to start looking at things in a bigger picture. Um and I think that's what we did when we gave him the job and I think we did have this idea that right, this is a process. This is going to be a long it's going to take a while to really give this club the culture shift that it needs. And Ole is doing that, I think, and I think he has been ruthless with a lot of the players that he's got rid of. Um And I think the goal was always first season, well, it was for me anyway, this was for me as a United fan looking at it, I always thought, his first full season, got to be getting back into the top four, he did that. Second season, all about improving on the first season. So we finished third last season, we're now on track to finish, I reckon we'll finish second or third this season as well, and let's face it, we've played better football in the league in periods. Um, And if we can couple that with a Europa League win, then that would be great, but not absolutely necessary for him to keep a job in my opinion uh, and I think next season though it, like if we're in this situation, people might, might say that you know I've got a lack of ambition as a United fan and we should always want to win trophies every single season and I get that so if we're in the same position this time next season, I'll be kicking off I will not be happy to be in this situation next season. I want us to still be in the Champions League, challenging for the Champions League, challenging for the Premier League. That is the position we've got to be in this third season of this
2: project. I know what you mean. And to be honest, and we've talked about it in the podcast in recent weeks too, I've kind of said if he doesn't win the Europa League, even if he, you know, it's a very tricky one. If he stays second and he doesn't win the Europa League, I would be on the fence. You know, I wouldn't be either all in or all out. But if he, if he doesn't win the Europa League and we maybe drop down to third or fourth, I would be maybe saying it's time to go, man. You know, I, I, I just think we, he's done what he's done very well and he's going to be remembered as a very good manager that's done successful things for the club despite the lack of silverware. You know, there is that culture shift and you can see that, but I think we need a more experienced manager that's going to win trophies for us. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's it's like, it's like similar to the way that Tuchel's taken uh, Chelsea. You know, L- Lampard did his bit, but I think that Tuchel is now going to take them to a place, uh, you know, as a more experienced manager, he's going to take them and they will, I think they will be a dangerous side in years to come. I think we just need a manager like that that's going to take us to that, position, and I just don't think Ole's it, do you know what I mean?
0: In the last episode, liar made a really good point, he was saying, if Ole had not been a Manchester United player before, would you have sacked him, if you took away all the sentimental values?
1: No, I, I don't think so, I think that Jose and Louis van Gaal, you know, they surely did a lot worse than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done at United, by... Finishing outside the top four, like that is that is the bare minimum at Man United that you finish top four and I mean bare minimum to the point where if you don't, you get sacked and that's kind of the way it should be I think when you're at a club like Manchester United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has, has created a much more balanced squad which is more balanced in pretty much every single area. He's getting the wage bill down in terms of actually the highest earners at the club being worthy of being the highest earners at the club. Like I think we'll see another one of them leave this summer, probably David De Gea. Um, And like I say, he's he's got a team that tries to play a certain way. And And for me, it is a positive way that he does want Manchester United to play. I think in certain games, we've maybe not quite been up to it. And I'd maybe blame the midfield a lot in a lot of those games especially against Leicester that was the real problem Uh, and I think we need to give him another he needs to have another transfer window he absolutely needs to and we need to see what he can do with that and whether he can build a team for next season that can actually challenge for trophies because like all these all the good things I'm saying about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer it may well be the case that this is the furthest he can go with United that he's a great manager who can get us into this position, which is a decent position, but he's not capable of getting over that next step. But I think you need to give him next season to find that out. And, and and look, the the cards that we've been dealt in the Europa League this year, like, I don't want to say it'll be, you know, he's not going to get sacked if he doesn't win it, but I'm almost expecting him to win it now, this season. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was watching the draw the last day, and we're very much the
2: favourites here. You know I think? I think that Ollie is very much capable. But I think, you know, myself uh, myself and Gaz have talked about it before on Talking Balls, that idea of will the board back him? And then if so, if they don't back him, then, you know, what happens? Are we just going to go in another cycle where we get in another manager uh, who goes so far with the club and then the board don't back them either? And then it just it keeps going and going. So are we are we going to see a difference with a new manager? Or is it something where the change needs to come from the top? You know what I mean, and and that's where I'm. I, I I don't really have an answer for that, but um, I think it's something that needs to be talked about.
0: I mean, Ben, what do you think? I mean, by the way, I'm surrounded by three Manchester United fans here. <laughs> I'm an Arsenal <laughs> fan, so are you an
1: Arsenal? No, yeah. We can all just laugh at you then. Bed <laughs> 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 table team.
3: Um,
0: <laughs> mid table team, get out of here. Um, it'll be really. It will kick off when literally when if United play Arsenal in the Europa League final. That'll be oh, a hell I'd of a show. Love to see that. Love yeah. to see it. Ah, oh, will be great. So yeah, Ben, what are, you, what are some of your thoughts
3: on on some of the points there? Uh, in terms of the the backing and uh, the transfer, I think this summer will be different to previous because of the changes recently that have been made with uh, getting a director of football and then uh, getting Darren Fletcher as the technical director. Because uh, now they'll be taking lead on uh, like the transfers, and then uh, it means that Ollie will be just talking to those two guys. And um, I just feel like it means that the players that he wants, he's more likely to get. For example, last summer, it was it seemed really obvious that he wanted Sancho, but he never got him. Um, and it doesn't look like he really wanted Van de Beek, but they ended up getting Van de Beek, because it's pretty obvious why the lack of game time he's got, that he wasn't really a target for Oli. he wasn't really wanted. Um, but I feel like now, this summer, um, I think they've already got some sort of plan uh, with the three of them, and I think there will be a, a big success this summer with, with transfers that we'll get. And um, if if we get the players that they wants, I think we could, like Gaz said, uh, go in the, the later stages of the Champions League, uh, get closer to the likes of City, and then I'm sure Liverpool will be back to their best next season. So just challenge for the title more than more than the last couple of years. And I think next season will show, can Oli win us silverware? Because I think so far he's not really had that team yet ready to challenge that i think with bruno fernandez i think we have kind of overachieved with him just because of how good he has been and like the the impact he's had like it's second to none like i've not seen any other team get one player and then suddenly they go from fourth to second and then winning the games that we never won before he came so i just think that with a few more signings which all he wants for example if we get the likes of sancho if we get a Defensive midfielder. If we get a natural goal scorer up front, because um, Cavani's not going to be here forever. Uh, he's he's reaching the end of his career anyway. So, but I think that uh, next season will be exciting for United. Just,
1: just say Ben. A couple of, of, of then positions that you said. Then did you say um, a centre forward, a winger, and a defensive midfielder? Yeah. See, I like that, right? Because you're the first person I've heard who talks about United's transfer targets this summer, and you've not even spoken about a centre-half, or you've not necessarily mentioned a centre-half. I think, for me, a defensive midfielder who can do what Fred and McTominay can do, because there are players out there who can do what both of those do, like Declan Rice, for example... Uh, he that that I don't think you'd even need a centre half necessarily mm. if you brought in a player like that. I know I know Ross is pulling his face right mm. now, but we've seen what John Stones has done this season for Man City, and and as much as I've disliked him at times this season, I've seen promise in Victor Lindelof over the last few months, and I could almost see him potentially having a John Stones esque revival at some point. Yeah. Well, Ross
0: and Ben are a big fan oh. of getting by within either of the two centre-back partnerships but judging from what you're saying you're you're completely happy with a lindelof Maguire partnership
1: <laughs> don't say happy right not happy no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> at times this season right it's been chaotic and even like Lindelof's Lindelof's made Maguire look worse as well because has, of yeah. uh, you know the, the things that he lacks but I think with Lindelof a lot of the time it is a little bit of a mentality thing and one thing he's brilliant at we see when you see a cross come into the near post and he's always in front of the defender ready to Accept it. and that's something that he was never doing the season before and I'm just noticing little things in his game where I just feel like he's a little bit more confident in himself the only problem is maybe Harry Maguire is the type of defender where he needs someone better than him more, and more experienced than him alongside him to get the best out of him yeah. so maybe it would be a bit too much of a risk to go in without a new um, def- a new centre-back but for me a defensive midfielder is slightly more important. Well, for me, it's striker, defensive midfielder, winger, centre-back. Like, if, if you were going to win the Premier League next season, you'd need all four of them. Oh, So, so you think striker's the number one priority? I think I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> oh, who, who, God. Who, 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 who else, who else do, we, who do we have currently to score the goals as a striker? I mean, you know, provided their their match fit, you look at the
2: like, Martial is still a great player. He's just had a number I- one. Oh man, you have to back Tony man no Tony said Tony said a very um underwhelming season, I will give you that. But on their day, right, and I will say this, mm-hmm. right? On their day, they are up there with one of the best front threes in the Premier League. Definitely. On their day they're all firing mm-hmm. in all cylinders, you know what I mean? I don't think striker or an out-and-out goal scorer is where we are lacking at the minute. Um, I think, really, it's in the creativity from midfield, so I'll give you that. Probably CDM's the biggest one, but very, very close to that is a very good centre-back. I've always admired Jules Kunde. I think Kunde would solve a lot of our problems. He's like a better buy you know, he, he, really good recovery pace. He's small, he can get in there. And let Maguire do what Maguire does best – win those aerial duels and those interceptions and he can do that. What I think Maguire and Lindelof are are two centre backs that one centre back could do well. If 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 you give Maguire that responsibility, he's the captain, he's the skipper, he can do that. Let Jules Kunde be the guy that goes back for your recovery pace and makes those good tackles. And I think they would actually work as a partnership. So to, to say that we don't need a centre back is, is, is
1: completely false, in my opinion. I just think. I man. Just hearing what you said about Martial as well, Ross. Like. Look, I I want United players to do well, absolutely, and and you see Martial on his day, yeah, he's great. He's amazing. Um, The only problem is his day, for me, isn't often enough, and you can get away with that if you're surrounded by consistent players in the rest of the team. Like Manchester United have had loads of players like this. Nani, the first one who springs to mind. Nani and Martial are almost similar in the way that they'd turn up in one in every five, and they'd look world-class in that game that they turn up in. Uh, the problem the difference is with Nani he's, he was surrounded by a team full of consistent performers Anthony Martial isn't and I think that that just comes across at the moment and uh, look I know that it's really simplistic this uh, and it is something that a lot of fans come out with when they're talking about Martial but at the end of the day it's okay at United if, if the other team performs better than you if the other team you know wins a game that can happen. What you can't have is the other team working harder than you. Uh, Despite the fact that we did see it a few times yesterday, actually, Marshall making some great runs back, we don't see it very often. And he's one of those players where when things aren't going well for him, he sort of sulks back in himself instead of being, right, I'm going to be the man to sort this out. And I think that's the player that Paul Pogba has become over the last few months where he's been like, right, I'm going to take this game by the scruff of the net, I'll win us this game. Do
0: you have any strikers in mind that you want to bring in?
1: Good question. Um, it's quite I mean, easy it's, to
0: say we want a centre forward, winger, mm. DM. You mentioned Declan Rice but he is the captain of <laughs> who, West Ham, and he'll probably cost about eighty million. Exactly, yeah, and you know, I say them four positions. Look, I said we'd probably
1: need all four to challenge for the league. I'm probably talking rubbish there. Probably need three of them, two of which being real experienced, uh, potentially. 80 million plus signings, yeah. and look, people will roll their eyes like, oh, it's, you know, just ruining football, just going out and spending money. Well, this is Man United, 80 exactly. million. We, you know, we made that on part G-sung action figures. Like, we can spend that like it's nothing. That's no problem. So, like, like it's our money. So let's go out and spend it. So yeah. I think this summer, look, Harry Kane. I know it sounds daft, but Harry Kane will want to leave this summer. I think you've got to keep your eyes on Erling Haaland and the if norwegian he doesn't want to go the norwegian link yeah, yeah, i'm telling exactly, you exactly yeah and if he doesn't want to go city because the agent and guardiola don't like each other then we'll bring him to united but if there's no chance of that one happening i think the next most likely is harry kane and if he says he wants to leave which i think he's already put in the rumors out there that he wants to leave then i think we could definitely go and get him Oh, i i know what you mean and this talk of a striker and we do need someone
2: i'm not saying that that you know that position definitely doesn't need phil because it does but it is the talk of priority um and, and a player like Declan rice and what annoys me about rice is that we've seen now uh, the English player tax you know, you may add 30 million to their value if they're English, you know, because it just, and it baffles me really that, you know, Liverpool signed Virgil van Dyke for 75 million and we got Harry Maguire for 80 million. It's, nah, you know, so really Declan Rice, it will cost us about 100 million easily. Moyes well, will not let him go for any less than that, I don't think. So spending 100 million, I think it is quite a big gamble. And I know you're saying it is our money and that sort of thing. I just, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the best way to go to have another massive um, signing like that and blow all their money. Look at what Liverpool did. I mean, look look at how much money they spent on the likes of Andy Robertson and look at all those players from small clubs that then they developed them into good players. Do you not think that's something that United should be looking more at instead of going for one big marquee summer signing and hope that that works out? Hmm. That's your Dan
0: James right there you've got. (laughs) Dan (laughs) James.
1: See, and I, I, I know what you mean. Um, and and look, like because like, obviously I'm going to come out with the big players because the big players are on everyone's mind at the minute. They're the players turning up at the moment. Um, I'm not going to, you know, point out some player doing absolute bits in the bottom half of Serie A because naturally I don't know about them. But what I would hope is that Man United's scouting team does. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, United in the past, the sort of signings we'd make under Ferguson, we'd bring in players like Nemanja Vidic, um, Patrice Evra, maybe less so with Patrice Evra I know he did play in the Champions League final the season Before we signed him I think um, But you'd be looking at each other like I don't really know what this kid has to offer I don't, I don't really know what we're going to see with this player And to be fair with Vidic and Evra The first few weeks everyone was like What have we done here, these two are idiots um, And then they turned out to be absolutely world class And we made them great players So yeah, yeah that is a United style way of doing things I suppose But I just, yeah, I, I, I just I think do, we should I do, do we more need
2: yeah, I mean, you look at Ahmed Diallo like that. That is a great sign, and he's so young. And look at the immediate impact he's had. Obviously, not gonna jump on that bandwagon just yet. You know, he's had one one wonder goal, and that was it. You know, but at the same time, that's he. seems like a good player, and seems that we can make him into you know a a, a very very good footballer. So I just think we need more of that, especially in the defence. Because, and I've talked about Kunde. I mean, Kunde's probably going to cost an arm and a leg as well. But I just think signing them young and letting them develop, you know, I wouldn't be getting rid of Lindelof. Definitely not. But I just don't think, you know, they, you always talk about attack. Your attack wins you games and your defense wins you titles. That's just the part of you know once we get the defence sorted and we get a rock in defence like Maguire is I think he's capable of that but he needs a better partnership once we get that we are capable of so much and I think that in a few years if we get that sorted we'll be challenging do you know what I mean so that that's that's what the next steps really for me
0: by the way who's that player that united played paid the english tax for who now wants to represent the Dominican republic of congo not oh,
1: wambsaka <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point, actually. You know what, right? Can we talk about that a sec? Because, like, the the, the Wambasaka thing with him apparently wanting to represent Congo. Uh, right, so if Wambasaka, in himself, like, if he feels Congolese and, and that's what he feels like his heart is assigned to, that's his nation, absolutely fair enough. If it's a personal decision, do whatever you want. Uh, but if it's a career decision, it feels massively unambitious. Like,. The, the, it is not out of the question for Aaron Wambasaka no. to break into that England team at some point It's definitely not, and maybe
2: he's maybe he's jumped the shark a wee bit, maybe he's jumped too early um i i i I don't see that, that there wouldn't be a place for him, and I mean, I'll say it right now for any Chelsea fans that would be listening. you know I, I rate Reese James a bit better than Wambasaka, of course, but it's not by much. It's it's not by no. much because whamasaka well, defensively is very good. I just think he has problems going forward. But that's he just needs to improve his game in that way. Um I think the real shocker for me, you know, is Trent. Like Trent is arguably on his day the best right back in the league, if not in, in Europe. So I really I think that's a bit of it's a bit of a weird one to not include Trent just because of Liverpool's sort of um, inconsistency this season I still think he's capable of a lot surrounded by consistent players but do you know what I mean so I thought that was a bit of a weird Mm. one
1: no yeah I I, I thought it was strange as well I mean for me um it, 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 Trent is up there yeah absolutely he's not been good in recent weeks but he's, he's got to be one of the best right backs in the world still and look, he's still going to be going the Euros and he'll still be getting games there you'd think but England how, how many class right backs do we have now and class right backs coming through there's five or six because you know you've got the likes of Tariq Lamptey and um What's your man's name at Norwich, Max Ahrens? Max Arons, yeah. Um, play, players like that coming through as well. Callum and
0: Chambers.
1: Callum Chambers, yeah. And you know, even and this this summer as well. Surely Kyle Walker's got to still be in with a shout because he's been good this season, I think Kyle Walker. But obviously going forward, this will be his last tournament, you'd think. Um, so too many options for England.
0: No, I get what you mean because Basaka like, is definitely in for a shout and if it is a career choice I do think he is being a bit ambitious here but I personally think it's, it's a more of a personal reason I have, I've got that gut feeling about that.
1: That's fair enough then do it do, you know if, if that's what he wants to do then absolutely full support to him and I'll uh, be cheering him on at the African Cup of Nations because I always love Afcon. It's always top. <laughs> uh, it's a it, mate, it's a wild tournament. It's crazy.
2: I, I've, love it. um, I heard this morning that Amad Diallo got his first call up um to Ivory Coast, him and Eric Bailly, obviously he's been called up before. But I think that that's great for the kid and hopefully he'll gain a bit more experience with that as well.
0: Um Is he like eighteen?
2: 80 is, is he? I think he's nineteen. Um, I'm not quite 18, sure. He's eighteen or nineteen. Definitely. Um, but he's very young, and I just think he's capable of so much. And again, to in in summary of what me and guys were talking about there, I just think we need more of that. Those sort of um recruitment signings that are long term. We're thinking for the future, you know. And he didn't really cost an arm and a leg either, like you know. So it, it's those are the kind of signings we need to make. Um, so I just hope he turns out good. But sure. Do you know,
3: but do you not think those signings are more risky though in a way because? If you're going to sign young players, and I mean, we did spend like 37 million on Ahmad Diallo, but do you not think it's more of a risk if we do sign young players like that and then they just don't live up to their potential? I mean, it's happened plenty of times before at United. I mean... Put it this way, I, I don't think it's
2: any more risky than spending the likes of 80 million on Harry Maguire. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's no more risky than that. You know, you're spending more money. Of course, those players are part of your immediate future, but... Even so, there's no guarantee they'll turn out well. I mean, you look at signings that, you know, people paid an arm and a leg for, the likes of Eden Hazard to Madrid, and he's been terrible. You know, Fernando Torres to Chelsea, and he wasn't great either. You know, so you're taking a gamble either way. So, for me, it makes no difference. And I think you just need to pick the player that's going to be the the lowest risk do you know what I mean? With the greatest reward, that's the biggest challenge of it. But I just think we need to do more of that. Personally,
0: as an Arsenal awesome fan, a couple more Bruno Fernando, Bruno S signings can win you the league, in my opinion. Like that sort of impact in defensive midfield or centre forward, uh, I could see United winning the league in the next couple of years.
1: And it, it it's, it's pretty. You know, it, it's weird when you're talking about transfers because. <laughs> You're going into the summer, and I'm here thinking, ooh, Declan Rice and Harry Kane." Like that's not what happens in real no, life, especially think not. FIFA. <laughs> and exactly, mate. And and sometimes you can you can sort of fall into that trap of thinking, "Well, United should have two hundred and fifty million pounds to spend, so it should just be as easy as that." And that's not just just not how the world works, especially not in a post-COVID world. So, look, maybe it is just going to be one marquee signing and I I think if that's the case then I know that Ross you you said there's other positions that you'd strengthen first I do think it would be someone like Harry Kane I think that's the one that just makes the most sense and also when you look at the players that United have spent the big money on in recent years they are sort of marketable players I guess you'd call players that you can put on a billboard and they're going to sell billions of shirts worldwide Harry Kane is that player um, you can see us going from Jadon Sancho. He's that sort of player as well, but I think it'll probably be Harry Kane and then a less than 50 million pound centre half, and the same for a midfielder. But even then, it's going to be asking a lot to close the gap to City.
0: If I asked you, um, Harry Kane or Erling Haaland? Which one would you choose? Every
1: single day, Harland. I just the only the only reason I'm not saying everything go for him is because I feel like that
3: one's not very likely. No. he's got feel a release like he's clause. Go
0: he's got a release clause, I believe. That is like fifty million. I don't know.
3: It's next next summer that comes in, but I just feel like people are someone's gonna get him this summer. They're not going to wait another yeah. year to get him and I mean, City
0: will be first in line,
2: man, with their, with the amount of money they have, you know, that, you know, the, they'll be first in line. I was just going to ask Gaz there, you mentioned there about Jaden Sancho and Harry Kane in the same sentence. If you were given the option, Harry Kane or Jaden Sancho, and you could only, better. you could only sign one.
1: Harry Kane? Oh, Gen- mate. I, I know, I know, and, and I know that Jadon Sancho's loads younger, and I'm, I'm taking that into equation here as well, and I'm, I'm, I'm still saying Harry Kane because I feel like I, w- I can rely more on Mason Greenwood as the first choice winger for a whole season than I can Anthony Martial as the first choice striker. Uh, no, that's that's
3: actually
2: where I disagree. Um <laughs> <laughs> no I, I don't um, I think Martial's just had a bad season I think we as fans and this is just me I'm not saying for any any of you to do this but I just think as fans we need to give him the support players have bad seasons I'm sure hmm. we're going to see it from the likes of Mason Greenwood and Rashford in the future they're going to have dips in form but I, personally if he didn't play Martial I'd be very happy playing Greenwood as the out striker and playing Jadon Sancho at the right wing and Rashford out the left and I think
1: That's that good
2: that attack would be lethal you know what I mean, but at the same time, it's all well and good, us saying this, you know, that I saw Harry Kane with Rashford on the left and Greenwood on the right, or what I said, you know, but it's all grand, but those players won't get the service, because provided Bruno Fernandes plays, he can't obviously play every minute of every game, you know, he's the only, I feel anyway, he's the only creative hub from that midfield, Um, McTominay is useless at times, I think I would compare him to Nani as well. You know, you've seen him in the likes against uh, Leeds there, and he scored two goals in however many minutes. Um, and then Fred, obviously, as we've talked about, is very inconsistent. So really, I think you need someone to strengthen that midfield creatively to even maybe then think about what way you strengthen your attack. I think
3: that's just, that's just the priority. You know surely, I mean? could you, um, surely, Pogba's up there with creativity, though. I mean, okay, we, we've lost we lost two months of him. Um, injury but like look, look at what happened when we didn't have him but then he uh, comes on against AC Milan three minutes in he scores wins this I game. get
2: th- I get that but the only reason I'm thinking that maybe this is something I'm thinking wrong I think he's going to go in the summer you know I don't think he's going to be part of the long-term plans so that's why I didn't mention him you obviously provide say Pogba signs a new three-year deal or something then that changes everything you know maybe maybe Pogba and then put the faith in McTominay for a, like a Pogba McTominay or even hopefully fingers crossed a Pogba Van de Beek uh, pivot with uh, Bruno Fernandes and then looking long term to maybe then a Jadon Sancho, Greenwood, Rashford, that's unreal, Th- that would be really really good and I'm being really optimistic here but at the same time I just don't think he's going to stay so I- I'll be t- honest
1: I think he's signing the new contract Ross I, I, oh. I think I, and that's this isn't me knowing things and hearing <laughs> things from BBC journalists. I don't know anything here. Yeah. This is no prior Guys, knowledge. That's
0: ITK exclusive.
1: <laughs> no prior knowledge here, but I think Paul Pogba. Just, just, just the vibe that I'm getting at the minute okay. from him. I think I think he'll sign a new contract. I think he will leave United not this summer but the summer after. Um, but hopefully he can leave with a big title to go out on, and then he spent a few years at United and been relatively successful. But I think Pogba will still. He'll be here next season, and you're talking about creativity in the midfield. I think that you're bringing a new holding midfielder, and that sorts that right out because you play a 4-3-3. You have just the one in as a city midfielder, and then you have Pogba and Bruno Fernandes in front of him, and I think that could be absolutely lethal, especially if it's a proper. Anchorman type midfielder who's just going to do the dirty defensive work. And by the way, a lot of, there are some people saying that that's what McTominay's job is. That is not what Scott no, McTominay no. is. Mc, Scott McTominay's McTominay far going should forward. be. He should be your backup box to box midfielder. Yeah. He's a great box to box midfielder. He's not a defensive midfielder.
2: Yeah, hundred percent agree, man. Um, you know and. But what I always get worried about, and I think he's worried about the same thing, he doesn't put the faith in the quality of players that he has to have one player uh, as the number six, the likes of like a Matic there or a McTominay wrongly. Um, you know, I, I think he doesn't trust the players and he needs to put two there. But do you not think that that's leading? And maybe I'm making things up, conspiracy, whatever. You know, do you not think that maybe is a lack of faith in the two centre-backs? to hold the defensive line. Do you know what I mean? So um, he, he feels he needs to play more defensive. Obviously, that whatever that works for is, is counter-attacking style. But do you not think that, you know, if we got a better centre-back, the likes of Kunde there, who's both fast and very um, defensively solid, then we could then look at someone like a Declan Rice type to lead that defensive line with two number eights going forward, a Bruno and a Van de Beek, you know, do you not think that would be better in the long run instead of purely investing in a new CDM and leaving the center backs as they are
1: that i mean that's quite possible um i just don't think united have uh, have an out and out defensive midfielder at all in the team i just don't think we have that option and, and i think we could really do with it and yeah look I know I know what you're saying about the two holding midfielders protecting the defense and I suppose that would be backed up by the fact that statistically defensively we've been quite good this season in terms of how few goals that we've let in yeah. however despite that in big moments in big games and you know we've seen mistakes from the defense and they they are capable of that and it almost doesn't match up with the stats so yeah. maybe you're right and the two holding midfielders are making them look better than they already are than they actually are so Maybe it is, does have to be centre-back and defensive midfielder this summer, but I, maybe I just don't want to give up on Victor Lindelof, despite the fact that I've given up on him in about six times this season yeah. already.
2: <laughs> I mean, listen, put it this way, you know, the same way you feel for Martial, that idea of maybe perhaps giving up on him and shipping him yeah. out, is the way I feel about Lindelof. You know, I, I've no faith left in the guy. You know, I've, mm. I've never particularly warmed to him either. I, I don't actually think... and listen I've never particularly warmed to Maguire either but if you have to because he's your captain you know so it, it's not purely Lindelof it's the two of them but if there's one of them that's going to go it's Lindelof so really I think it. Ju- we just need a, a fresh centre-back man we just need someone a better Bailly someone who's not as injury prone but that will um you've seen the way Maguire and Bailly play together I mean there's so, they're they're unbelievably tight um th- there was a really good block I-, I remember this so vividly um the block against Villa I believe we were 2-1 up um and Baye's block uh, against Grealish's shot from outside the box and to me really it I mean you know maybe this is what the media painted but it looked like it was going in and if it wasn't for Baye, so those sort of shot stopping moments is what we can get from Baye, along with a Baye mcguire um partnership if we get someone like the likes of Koundé or even maybe a Iran or someone that did that same job then we'd be sorted and it you could then make that change from there I just ultimately think it's the centre-back that needs looked at first and foremost
0: I stopped believing well I started taking defensive statistics with a pinch of salt when I found out Arsenal had like the second best defense in the league so sometimes you really do have to look at it like like one individual error in a game can you lose you uh, well three points and then that only goes down as like one goal conceded in, in the whole game. But what you said about Baye there as well you got to remember the guy's injury prone mm-hmm. you can't trust him oh, for yeah. a full season
2: Yeah, th- I, I know what you mean. Um, but getting someone who is fitter and younger that can do the same thing and then wouldn't be as injury prone I think is ultimately ideal. Do you know what I mean? It's a better Baye and then keeping Baye on the bench then and if you could get Lindelof out for maybe 30 mil, you know, invest him in a, in a part of a deal for a new CDM. I, I just I just think that's the way we need to go. Do you know what I mean? But th- that's
1: just me. I mean, what you said then about potentially selling Lindelof and using the money to invest, you never know that's what United's board might demand of volley this summer. You might say, look, if you want to go and spend all this money, you need to get rid of players first. And if that's the case, then maybe we will see the likes of... I'm not going to say Lindelof, I think it'll probably more likely be Baye, but Bailly and maybe even Anthony Martial, who I do think, you know, and, and and I wouldn't, this is the thing, right, when we talk about United players, and we, and apart from you, James, sorry, but we as United fans, uh, and we're criticising these players and we're saying we don't want this player uh, to be at United because he's not shown that he's good enough, that doesn't mean that we don't want that player to be brilliant, like, I, I hope that... Everything I've said about Anthony Martial is dead wrong, and next yeah. season he scores 40 <laughs> goals. However, you've just got to look at whether I actually can see that happening. And For me, I, I think that now would be a really good time to sort of cash in on Martial. I think we'd still get a, a decent fee for him at the minute, and um, maybe that's what we'll do this summer. But you can use him as a paperweight, maybe to get yeah. someone else from somewhere else. But I,
2: know, I, know he know. I think. I think for what Marshall has achieved in his time at United he, he, he does attract that certain name. But to be honest, and that this is really where I agree with you, um, if you don't do it now, then next summer I don't think he'll be worth half that. Do you know what I mean? If he mm. continues to have the same form that he's that he's currently in. Um so looking at it from that, it is a bit of a gamble because do you do you gamble on him performing better next season or do you gamble on getting the most money out of him now when next season you'll not get half as much? I think that's there well, how, much would, how much would you think you'd get sorry how much you think you get
0: how much would you think you'd get from Martial he cost you what 50 million I'd say we 35 we'd,
2: we'd, eh, I don't know maybe 40 uh, upwards of 40 maybe maybe a french club or something or you know maybe uh, uh, that that french affiliation maybe you'd get
3: you'd get a good amount but, of money for him but or?
0: anyone apart from like PSG wouldn't be able to fork out 40 million for Anthony Martial
3: I've got an idea go for Let, it let's do it Eight million plus Martial for Erling Haaland.
1: <laughs>
3: <Well, laughs> I mean, Ben, I'd go for it, but I just don't know whether Dortmund would. No, Dortmund wouldn't. Uh,
2: nah, but I, I, I know what. Ultimately, I, I get what you mean. That you know, you would get some amount of money in Martial, and here, all this talk we're doing, maybe they might sell them both. Maybe Lindelof and uh, Martial will go, and that'll be invested into a new deal for Jadon Sancho or Declan Rice or you know whatever. So it's it's just whatever Ollie decides to do. I just hope ultimately he gets the money from somewhere and the board backs him and whatever he does. Um because you've seen the way Van der Beek's been treated this season and you can tell that he isn't an Ollie signing. He's a board signing. Um I just hope that Ollie gets to make some of the signings that he actually wants to make with the money that he earns from either selling players or whatever wherever they get it. So
3: yeah. I think we need to do what uh what Chelsea did but but Smarter. I mean, they went and spent uh, two hundred fifty million. They got, they got players like Ziyech, Havertz, Werner. I mean, which they are good players, but they just haven't clicked yet. But I think they will.
0: But might need, need to
3: spend that kind of money, but in a in a better way. I feel that Chelsea did because I think they just kind of went all out with attacking players. When I always felt like their defense was their biggest problem. But I mean, T- Tuchel seems to have worked something out right now. But under Lampard, it was obvious that their defense was a big issue. Um but if we could get that kind of money which we know Man United have, it, it's obvious with the size of the club we are and and the money that we can make. Um it's just whether they're they're willing to do that for, for Ollie and depending on his targets. But I think we do need to spend a lot of money because uh, like uh, Ross and Gaz were saying, there's there's three or four positions that we need to fix to in order to properly challenge for Champions Leagues, Premier Leagues so and just getting silverware in general.
0: And then after that next summer, if Ole doesn't win anything is that you guys saying right okay he's had his chance he's had his window uh, he's got to go I mean look you'd have to weigh up the season at the end of
1: the season because if it's a a tight very tightly run title race and it's very exciting up until the last day then you never know maybe we could say alright we were so close there he deserves another year and there's clear progression then maybe but for me next season has to be about one thing and one thing only, and that's trophies. And uh, United need to be back winning trophies. And But I, I, I don't mean that in a sort of if we're not winning the league, forget about it. Like, we need to be in a league challenge as well and be getting trophies. And maybe some people will say that's a big ask, but for me, when you're at Man United and you're in your third full season, it's not too much to ask to demand trophies.
2: Sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, I 100% agree. I just, I think we are capable of that. Um, and you've seen the way that Bruno has, has shown. And the, that culture shift has really, it's been v- really visual and you've seen that. Um, so I just think that, bit more um quality in the team a bit more squad depth and you will start to see results but provided and this is where I, I ultimately stand that you know he needs to win this europa league um and if he doesn't i will have real problems with how comfortable i feel with Ollie in the job um so that's i think that's just where i stand but
0: yeah would you guys say they're favorites oh by yeah. a mile oh come, a on. Mile. come on come on
1: Oh no, come on, I I know that Arsenal are in it, James, but like, Arsenal, I mean, like compared yourself to United this season, you you know, just take a look at league positions and it suggests suggests that United are much stronger, I think that when we played against each other this season, the win that you got at Old Trafford was so frustrating, because Oli treated you lot with way too much respect, like he set up, not he didn't set up like the same tactically, but he almost was as conservative against you lot as he was against the likes of Liverpool and City where we did get 2-0-0 draws from them earlier in the season which i said were good results but if you're getting results like that against teams like Arsenal and Chelsea as well then not necessarily i still think that in a final we we we'd be we'd we'd have too much for yeah, you yeah. and i think we would win
2: and i think a final's a different beast as well you know it, it can Bring out something that neither club have seen. However, James, you James raised a, a very good point on a previous podcast, saying that Arsenal don't really have anything to lose now. You know, like you're not going to get anywhere in Europe now in the Premier League, and that you know this is all you've got. So really, from that point of view, it's kind of all or nothing for you. So that's the only way I'd maybe worry about yourselves. It's it's not even really for quality of your team or you know if you can beat us or not. It's purely on the night can you outclass us with the mentality i think that's really where things lie so it, it would be a really really great game but i don't know i still think we'd come out on top personally
3: i would i would say that on paper uh, united are the favorites but as we've seen many well too many times this season uh under pressure we we have the tendency to, to crumble uh, our defense just doesn't look anywhere near as as comfortable as it has uh the team often the the passing is so sloppy because they, they feel like they're trying to rush for a goal because they feel that pressure and i just don't think that if we did reach the final i do i do worry that we would we would crumble because like i said like under pressure right now we, we can't seem to to get through those games and win those important games that, that will win the trophies at the moment so it's hard for me because I feel like we should win it, but at the same time, mentality-wise and and under pressure, I I do kind of think that Arsenal could actually beat us. Just, just that's just me. But
0: yeah, repeating what Ross said earlier, Arsenal have nothing else to lose, and even whether that's the games leading up to the final. Um, Arsenal will be prioritising the Europa League. They're not going to be resting players or anything like that. Whereas United, although they're sitting quite comfortably in the top four, they might start to think, right, okay, we've got this big game in the league. We might need to rest Bruno Fernandes here in the Europa League. And also, Arteta has a really good record against Ole. And that's not just in the last game itself. I don't actually know if Ole's beaten Arteta yet. Yes, take stats with a pinch of salt. But I honestly think Arteta... Has all they found out here? <laughs> <laughs> well, look. Uh, when you when you talk about resting
1: players, the only way that United and Arsenal can play each other in the Europa League is in the final now. So uh, we won't be resting players if we're in the final. Maybe if the Premier League campaign has you know caused a bit of fatigue, then maybe you could see you could see it like that. But I think if United get to a, you f- remember, all not took United to a final yet. Let's not forget. So we don't actually know how United. Um, can perform in in an actual final, but I think that you've got to give credit to the performance against AC Milan. For me, um, I, I know there's been s- certain criticisms, but you know the fact that we uh, we d- didn't concede in that second game when all the pressure was on us. That surely shows that the team is able to withstand some sort of pressure and uh, against a good team as well. In AC Milan, so a uh, lot. I think that we'll find a lot out in the next game because United have got Granada. Obviously, the next game in the Europa League, if we can absolutely wipe the floor with them, which we should do, oh, yeah. then I, I'll be I'll be looking forward to to the next potentially three games in it because I I really would be confident.
0: Playing devil's advocate, you you said United are good at withstanding pressure against AC Milan, but all it took was United to switch off for one minute in the last minute of the first leg. To, to concede in an away goal to AC Milan so it you, Arsenal aren't, and United are similar in the respects that you don't know what to expect from them in certain games it's really unpredictable so if they do play against each other in the final um, it'd be hard to put your house on, on either team to be honest
2: yeah I, and that's a great point but um, I, I've talked about this with my brother as well you know um, and my brother's a Liverpool fan for anyone who doesn't know Um, go ahead I know I know it's awful Um, but what we've talked about and obviously it's you know Liverpool are just having an off season we're not talking about that but I think United need more predictability I think Man United need to be confident like we as fans and I can comfortably say this I think for everyone here in the room um, that United's defense never really looked comfortable. It, it generally I, I'm not talking really about individual games, but you know, you can't really I can't always anyway be confident in the fact that oh I know, you know, this this attack is never getting past Lindelof and Maguire. You know, um whereas, you know, you look at the likes of Liverpool there in their Champions League winning season, you know, no one was getting past Van Dijk and Joe Gomez. You know, so we need something like we need more predictability. Um, we need more confidence in in our centre backs so that going forward we're not conceding stupid goals like those and especially set pieces we're so weak from set pieces I don't know whether it's our zonal marking or you know and it doesn't seem to change you know so it like season by season this isn't the only season that this has happened you know this is something that we need to look widely at that you know if it's a coaching thing if it's um the players veering off from the coaching. I don't know. But it's something that we need to look at, especially at set pieces, giving away those stupid goals. So we need more confidence in the fact that our defence can withstand pressure. Um but I, I we we have done in individual games like Gaz has said, but I think we need more of it. You know, and that's where the transfer window I think for me is gonna come in.
0: Any of you guys uh watch the highlights of the Arsenal game against West Ham 3-0 down back up to 3-3 Uh, it must have felt like a loss for West Ham fans I don't know how to feel about it because it's a game that I feel even the West Ham are doing really well this season we should win but coming back from 3-0 down is you know mate obviously I'm
1: I'm buzzing because um, West Ham are fighting for a top 4 place and Arsenal are nowhere near so as long as Arsenal can take points off West Ham then I'm happy Yeah. I mean, they're the bigger
2: team, I mean, aren't they as well? And to be fair, uh, my dad is a West Ham fan as well. So um, what is
1: wrong with your family, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up, mate. How, how are you
2: all related? That's that's not <laughs> oh, right. Oh, you know, it's it's just crazy in our house. But um, he was sitting watching the game, you know, and I was I was up uh, doing uni work, um, and he was shouting away like first half. he's like, "Yes, yes," and they were and they were you know and they were loving life. And I saw the uh, the score. I was like, "Oh, right, they're doing well." And then about uh, half an hour later, sort of, um, I think... No, I actually, it was still in the first half. You know, when they got a goal back. Oh, for fuck. You know, <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. Um, but no, it, I mean, I don't know. I think West Ham really fell apart. Uh, it was two own goals. Uh, and I don't know who scored... I don't remember who scored the third. But um, I just... I think they they, they should have... Um, they should have maybe set up more defensively or... I don't know. I, I, I just think Arsenal Oof. came into the game
1: too easily. I, um, I mean... I mean Ross, when they played us, they bloody set up defensively, and and that was terrible.
2: Exactly. Well, true. From their point
1: of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you
2: mean. Um, West Ham's a strange one. Um, I think that in so many ways they're capable of being a really good team. Socek there is a great player, um, and Lingard's going to be a great you know player for them going you know long term. Um, but I think. It, it, I just don't think they're going to last in this position they are. I think their time in that position is going to come to an end, and really they're going to be maybe sixth or seventh. Um, you know, and I haven't seen their fixture list or anything, but they have. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have some big six games coming up. So yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll wait to see what happens. But hey, Moyes is doing a far better job with them than he did with us. So fair play to the guy. Like you know, it's good to see.
1: Yeah, he'll finish. He'll finish probably higher on the table this year with West Ham than he did with us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, nice. know, it's... But, you know, I just just was thinking something then, right? While we're talking about West Ham, and also while we're talking about Arsenal, I feel like it's something that there's not a lot of people talking about, and it's going to be really fun next season. So, have you seen the new UEFA Conference League?
0: No. No, what's that?
1: This is so mad, right? This is so (laughs) mad. And and, and I don't blame you, by the way, for not knowing about it, because no one's talking about it. But this season, teams are literally qualifying for this new competition, which is starting next season. And basically, it's the third European competition to go alongside the Europa League and the Champions League. And they're reducing the amount of teams in the Europa League. So all three competitions have 32 teams in it. And basically, the conference, te- the Conference League, you're going to have teams from like the Irish League pretend- potentially qualifying for that competition and sort of lower-ranked nations. But also, teams will drop into it from the Europa League in a similar way to teams dropping into the Europa League from the Champions League now. Yeah. And-, and the rules change so much next season. Next season, if you finish, so in the Europa League at the moment, there's a round of 32. They're gonna scrap that for next season, and it's just gonna go straight into a round of 16, <laughs> unless, unless you finish second in your. This is where it gets complicated. Unless you finish second in your Europa League group, in which case you will play the teams that finished third in their Champions League group, and, and and then the same thing happens from there to the Conference League. So it's the sort of competition that. And I'm not taking the Mick here, James. It's the sort of competition that you could see the likes of Arsenal probably winning because if if they somehow drop into that com- or if you finish if, if City win the the uh, League Cup this season I think a qualification place for it will go to 7th place uh, and potentially you could see the likes of West Ham or Arsenal being in that competition and going the whole way and winning it next season
0: so essentially there's now 3 tiers instead of 2 uh, yes. European I'm not sure if like the Europa League gets the piss taken out of <laughs> enough <laughs> <Yeah>. already <laughs> Ima- imagine like Getting to the final of the Conference League is like oh well done, you guys made it to the Conference League. <laughs> you get to yeah. the final
1: of the Conference League and you're playing against Bohemians. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so, so, what
2: way does that work for the Super Cup?
1: Is it like um you know the is it like a, a tournament or you know I I, mate, I I actually don't know that one. I don't know how that's going to affect the Super Cup, but maybe one. it's it's going to be like a three team Super Cup. I I think that would be quite cool. But I, I think I think it's going to be the sort of competition that. Uh, that, that you see teams I, I'm not sure what level maybe not not like really lower ranked teams winning it but I think you'll see the likes of like Villarreal or Roma West Ham. And, and Arsenal West Ham
0: you know oh you can't just put was... Arsenal in that bracket like, <laughs> assuming I'm that I wouldn't you, hear it
2: I'm telling you man Arsenal will be in the final of that competition every year they'll just they'll always be up there it's great for them you know get, get some silver yeah.
1: referees be great
0: How's man just gonna be like Villarreal yeah. and <laughs> Arsenal? <laughs> for a long
1: time, well, man. it's we'll see who, who wins when when Villarreal do play Arsenal and Unai Emery returns in the semis. That'll be great, Greg.
0: No, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, know that was taking place next year. That's really interesting. So, judging from what you're saying, then only what well, you can only qualify for it if you drop from the Europa League, or like how do the league positions work? Would now eighth place qualify for the Conference League?
1: So, 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 I'm pretty sure I'm right in thinking that the winners of the League Cup would qualify for it. Now, I'm not sure how that's going to affect the fact that Spurs are in the final. Like, if Spurs lose that final, um, do they still qualify for it? Because, obviously, City will have qualified for the Champions League. I'm not 100% sure, but I do know that teams will be qualifying for it and it will be happening next season. So That's crazy. I mean... I think I think it's really beneficial
2: to those teams who are sort of caught in the middle, um, the likes of maybe a West Ham there, and uh, you know, um, even the likes of maybe an Aston Villa or those teams that you know could be challenging up there that just don't quite reach European. Um, that could be great for them, and, and I mean, m- my dad hasn't seen uh, West Ham win any silverware in ages, so it could be good for them to. Um, he, I think it's been a couple of years now since they actually they qualified for. Or they were playing a Europa League qualifier or something a couple of years mm. ago, but they just didn't make it past that. So like, no. it could be great for those sort of teams, like to see see them uh, play some European football. But
1: yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm going to be totally honest. I'd love to go to a few of the group stage games, like yeah. between teams from countries that I've never frigging heard of. Yeah. I would absolutely love that. I bet, it, I bet, and I bet like, with fans that have never and thought they'd never see their team in a European competition. Like, yeah, I'd love to go and see that.
2: Yeah, like my my uh, my closest team here is Fen Harps. Um, you know, you'd love to see like a Finn Harps Arsenal game, or you know, F- Finn Harp, <laughs> Finn Harps versus Villarreal,
3: or something that'd be great crack. Still chucking Arsenal in there, oh, of course. <laughs> <so. Yeah. laughs> and
2: you
3: know what? Look Finn how, look how g- much Arsenal are regressing. <laughs> I, a- nev- hey. I never
0: thought I'd ever hear Arsenal and Finn Harps in the same sentence. <laughs> oh man, Finn Harps! it give you a good game. I'm telling
2: you,
1: they're a great team. But
2: yeah, that'd be great crack.
1: No, I think it'll be class. But it's like Welsh Welsh teams playing in it potentially. It'll be weird.
2: Yeah, it's good to see those sort of lower league teams, and high hey, it would mean probably mean more money for them too. You know, and more investment mm, oh, in their definitely. stadiums and things. So, I mean, I, I think it's a good thing all around, really.
0: Uh, just before the podcast, there uh, we mentioned the Champions League and who we thought we'd win it. Um, guys, you you said Bayern, didn't you? And mm. you're quite confident with that. I think, mm. I think my my vote goes to Bayern as well. I think they're going to win it twice in a row. They just look, they're the only team that looks like they know what they're doing in in the competition.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, being a United fan in Manchester, my main worry is. City going and doing it. Uh, but it's one of those things where... it's. I know, like a couple of seasons... Well, about, about five years ago, right, I accepted the fact that Liverpool are going to win the Premier League at some point soon, and City are going to win the Champions League at some point soon. It's just going to happen. You know, get it in your head, because <laughs> then it'll make it a lot easier when it does actually happen. My main worry was that United wouldn't be at that level where we're challenging at the same time Um, and we're not quite at that level yet so it would be a bit heartbreaking to see City win the Champions League but it's something that I've come to terms with and I can accept one thing that I can't accept is the idea of Man City winning the treble or even the dreaded Q word, which with them being in the final of the League Cup, it could very well happen. That would be nightmarish for me. Yeah and, and not just be not, not just because I do a, a show with a city fan every day. Like it's just growing yeah. up, that, that was that was what we as United fans had. That was our thing, the treble. Arsenal had the invincibles, so James, you know, you'll be able to relate to that. That that's our thing that, that we hold dear and our greatest memory growing up watching the clubs. Um so to Potentially, you have to share that with Man City. It will be horrible, and I just hope they don't do it.
2: No, I, I hope not either. Um, but it's it's just one of those things. They always, and it's it's just a thing. They're terrible in Europe. I remember watching the Leon game last year um, and the Sterling chance that he missed. He scores that, and it's it's you know City are are, are through. You know, um, and then Leon go up the other end and score. It's it, They just they're not good in Europe, and I just want that to continue. You know, I, I, it, people are gonna obviously they've they've won the Premier League now this season. That's fine. I've accepted that. I'm not not angry about that. But that idea now that they're maybe gonna down tools in the Premier League soon and you know put all in now of the Champions League and those big. To- I just hope not, man. I just hope not. But we'll have to see. Oh, gives me oh gives me the goosebumps, man. I just don't oh don't uh, I, I, don't can, I kind it, of
3: wish we were in uh, the same position as uh, Arsenal, where our our biggest rivals are our Spurs, because. I mean, Arsenal got a good laugh at Spurs this week with them getting knocked at the Europa League. I, I wish we yeah. could do that with with City in the Champions League if if they got thrashed by the likes of Bayern or something. But um, in terms mean. of the Champions League, I, I feel like um, I actually back PSG to win it personally. Mm. I think I think uh, with with Mbappe and then if Neymar gets back from injury fairly soon, uh, then I, I could back them. I mean, you saw Mbappe score a hat trick against Barcelona. So I think, I think he has the, the talent, and with Neymar beside him, I, d- I don't know, I feel like they'll just be so dangerous and so lethal that I wouldn't be surprised if they went all the way as well. Anyone back in Dortmund? Uh, anyone no. see them as a... No? No. Nah,
1: even like City fans this week I saw sort of saying, oh see, we don't get the easy draws, and I'm thinking... Hang oh. on a minute, you're in the last eight of the Champions League. Like, Dortmund was the second easiest draw you could have exactly. got. And yeah, they're a very good team, but it's the last eight of the Champions League, you moron. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. What, yeah, Dortmund, Dortmund's a
2: tricky one. I'd love to see Porto. I would love to see Porto getting a bit Imagine. Um Did you see what their manager said? Uh, I think it was in a press conference yesterday. Um, no. they said about, oh, they, they've knocked out Juventus and uh, will we'll knock out Chelsea as well fair play and you know what? He, he's going to have egg on his face if it doesn't work out but I mean I really hope it does I would love to see that
0: Um. anyways so that's all from us here today on the football draft podcast and once again guys it's been great having you on today um, where can where can we find you
1: Find me on BBC Radio Manchester, weekdays, 6 till 7pm, I do a little show called Talking Balls, it's uh, me with my mate Kyle Walker, no, not that one, but he is a City fan, conveniently enough, Um, and yeah, we basically, it's it's a football phoning show. Anyone can phone in, get their opinions across. Um, we have a lot, a bit of a laugh. We get Ross on as well. Ross comes on over the phone to chat to yeah. us. Um, and yeah, it's just a general laugh. So uh, yeah, feel free to listen. Feel free to get involved. We're always on weekdays, 6 till 7pm.
3: Great, excellent. Sounds great. Um, be sure to check that out. Uh, and as always, you can find uh, the Football Draft on Spotify, iTunes and YouTube. And check out every Wednesdays for our new episodes coming out. Thanks very much for listening today, guys, and we'll see you later. See you later. See you guys
0: later.